Corinthians 11, verse 23 says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. So the Apostle Paul received by revelation from the Holy Spirit. He said, I received from the Lord, and obviously Jesus talked to him. We don't know exactly how that occurred. He just said, I received it from the Lord. And he said, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. So, He took the bread, and he broke the bread. He said, take, eat, this is my body. So this represents the body of Jesus. And the body of Jesus that was broken on our behalf. Now, Jesus was, his body suffered. He suffered for our sins in his own body. What does uh, 1 Peter uh, 2, verse 24 say? Who is on self by our sins, where? In his own body, on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes or by Jesus' stripes you were healed. Now, Jesus bore our sickness on the cross. We have taught on this. We've been teaching a series of lessons, so We won't review it all, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't get to be able to preach what we're going to talk about tonight. But what does it say in Isaiah uh, chapter 53? Isaiah chapter 53 and verse, uh, we'll go to verse 4. It says, surely he hath borne our, says in the King James, it says griefs, and carried our sorrows, but we've shown you from the word and different of studies that we have uh, endeavored to do. Uh, we see it uh, that that word there where it says, uh, born our griefs, uh, would be better translated sicknesses. And then it says, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our what sorrows. That word sorrows would be better translated pains. So we could render it this way, and other translations do. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses, and he hath carried what? Our pains. And Isaiah prophesied as if it were already done. In other words, surely he hath. So Jesus has already borne our sicknesses. Now, what does he say here? He said, his body, this is his body, which was broken for you. This do in what? Remembrance. This do in remembrance. So here, the Apostle Paul is saying, you are to remember, and it goes on a little further, it says, remember his death till he come. So we are remembering his death, or we are remembering what his death has done. <laughs> and what his death has done, of course, there's so much that it's done, we can't talk about it all tonight. But of course, you've been uh, redeemed from sin as a result. We've been redeemed uh, also from sickness. And we're going to look at that tonight when it comes to when you receive communion, you're remembering his death. You're remembering that your sin has been dealt with. You're remembering that he suffered for your sickness. Surely he hath borne. Surely he hath. 
So he has born. So we're remembering what he has done. Isaiah's prophesying in the future, fast-forwarding to the future and declaring it as if it were done. And then Peter looks back at it and says, Who his own self bears sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you what were healed. Remember Isaiah, we're going to flip back to Isaiah again, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, but he was wounded for our what? Transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. So, redemption from sin and redemption from sickness were both included in the cross, were both included in the redemptive work of Jesus. So when we remember his death or remember his body that was broken for us, when we remember it, we are considering what his body has done on our behalf. So part of this verse is that we're remembering his death and that he, what his body was broken on our behalf, and so as a result, now we are redeemed from sickness and disease. Hallelujah. So, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, it's already done. Say it again, it's already done. All right, let's go to the next verse. He said, after the same manner also, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do, what? In remembrance of me, as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So uh, we now see that his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So our sins have been remitted. That means they've been removed. That means they don't exist anymore. That means it's gone. Yeah. Somebody say they're already gone. already gone. Thank you, Jesus. Already gone. Your sins are already washed away. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that has the power to wash away our sin. What could, hallelujah, wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what could make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So here in this verse, and we see that our sins have been remitted. And when we consider the blood or this, we take of this juice tonight, we are considering that the blood of Jesus has literally removed our sin from us. So our sins have been removed, but also our sicknesses have been removed. So when you receive communion, you ought to just acknowledge that, that your sins have been erased and consider the blood of Jesus because if you knew what Floyd did before he was saved, he said, I got saved when I was six years old. And uh, yeah, and so one time there was this guy, he was singing and he was exhorting people, you know, and it was really great. Uh, but uh, it's kind of funny too. So he was uh, just going on and on, and he was exhorting people and telling them how uh, the Lord delivered him from such a life of sin. And he was just, I was such a sinner, and the Lord delivered me. And then all of a sudden he said, and then I got saved when I was eight years old. <laughs> and then there was somebody in the, in, in the, in the meeting there. It was actually a large meeting, but they're real close to him. And uh, he said, oh, come on. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Because <laughs> he had gone on about how bad he was. And then, but you know, we were all sinners. It's true. We were all sinners. Just some people did a whole lot more than others. And so whether you seem like you've done an extreme amount of sin in your lifetime or whether you just got saved at a young age, we were all sinners. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. And it, but for the grace of God, we'd all be lost. But thank God, Jesus, on the cross, when we come and receive communion, then we're remembering his death. We're remembering that our sins have been removed, no matter how bad you were, how far you went out into the world and its system and its destruction. Thank God the blood of Jesus has washed your sin away and you're cleansed tonight and you can stand before the Father of God without a sense of sin, guilt, condemnation, or inferiority you know in whom you have believed you're persuaded he's able to keep you hallelujah able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day God keeps us not only did he deliver us from sin but he keeps us from the sin of this world and preserves us in his everlasting care we are blessed hallelujah to Jesus thank you Jesus I was encouraged by Grandma Freeman. I mean, you know, Grandma Freeman was really probably a lot of his salvation. Isn't that right? That's right. It had nothing to do with my sermon, but I'm encouraged by Grandma Freeman. I remember when Floyd first came here, and he talked about his grandma, and I knew that was a seed in his life. Remember, Pastor Parsley talked this morning, didn't he? If you look at Timothy there, the faith that was in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, they get the names right, you can check me out. All right, so uh, he said that same faith is in you also. Hallelujah. That same faith is in you also. So you thank God for grandmas. You thank God for mothers. You thank God for fathers. Anyone who has been in your life that has sown the word of God into your heart and in your life and told you about Jesus and that Jesus will set you free, glory to God forever. How many are glad for the gospel of Jesus Christ and the influence of somebody in your life that shared the gospel with you? You know, it's so, e it's so easy in this world system to take lightly what you have. It's so easy. You kind of think, oh, no. I just remember as a teenager, I thought, oh, you know, I was just thinking, well, I just want to go out there and I want to try things out a little bit and then I'll come back. You know, some people don't make it back. Or some, some people go through hell before they find out heaven is the way they want to go. And it is not the will of God. I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of people get out there and they didn't know how to get there, get, find their way back. They just didn't know how to get back. But thank God the blood will give you a trail. I said the blood will give you a trail right back to God the Father. Amen. The love of God, the mercy of God. I'm so grateful for the mercy of God. When they can't find their way, the Holy Spirit will send somebody to them, and God will share with them the love that he has for them, and he'll pull them back in, reel them in, because God doesn't want people to go through hell in order to realize heaven is the way they want to live. Amen.
All right, so thank you for Grandma Freeman. Make sure thank God for somebody in your life, in your family, or in your relationship circle somewhere. If it hadn't been for them, if it had not been for them, no telling where you would be. But the grace of God brought you in, brought you in from a life of sin that was meant to destroy you, was meant to kill you, and just totally uh, destroy your life. But thank God for the blood. Amen? So he said we do this in remembrance of Jesus. We remember his death. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. You show his death. You are rehearsing his death until he comes. So we do this until Jesus shows up again. You know, in that song this morning, the choir sang, talked about the cross, but it also talked about Jesus is coming. He's coming for somebody that's watching, that is waiting that is looking, that is expecting. You know, that's the way you're to live your life. Like Jesus could show up today. Like Jesus could show up before this message is over. Like Jesus could show up before we share communion together tonight. Jesus could show up right in the middle of this message. And if he does, if you're not ready, I'm leaving. I'm not waiting. I'm going to be caught up in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and right in the middle of a sentence, in the middle of a word. I mean, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Praise God. I remember as a kid, you know, thank God for a little conviction in the church. I'm serious, conviction in the church. I remember as a kid uh, that, you know, uh, sometimes you start wondering. Uh, I remember my mom was big. I mean, it was like the sun was this real big ball of red in the sky. I mean, it was huge. And it was like it was right there in front of you. And everybody was out on their porch. I lived in the projects. It was a little porch. And so we were standing on the porch, and my mom was just standing there looking, and she was just grinning. And somebody said, do you think Jesus is coming? And they were like, a little wide-eyed. And she said, I don't know. In her high-pitched voice, she was just as confident. I don't know if he's coming, but if he's coming, I'm leaving. (laughs) You could see it on her face. You could hear it in her voice, but you could see it on their face, and you could hear it in their voice that they weren't confident. (laughs) But we need to know that we know. That we know, that we know, that we know. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus, we can know and we can have assurance that we are saved, that we're washed in the blood, that we're cleansed from every sin, and that we are free in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, now, 
We're going to go to a few other verses of Scripture. If you'll go with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, and we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the double cure because it's so important for us to realize that Jesus not only forgave our sin, but he also provided health and healing for our body. Psalm 103, and we're going to start with verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? All that is within me, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, what does communion do? Remember. He said, remember his death. You do this when you partake of the body, of the bread, you partake of the body of Jesus. He said that you do it in remembrance of his death or his body that was broken for you. When you partake of the fruit of the vine, the juice, what are you doing? You're remembering his blood that was shed for you. And here in this verse, he said, don't forget or remember. If you don't forget, obviously you're remembering. So he said, don't forget, forget not all his benefits. Now look at the benefits that he says here. In verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and who healeth all thy diseases. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals, what? All your diseases. Now this morning, or in one of the services, I think, I think actually in the noon service, Pastor Parsley, he uh, shared that, uh, his little notebook there that he had on his table. And in that notebook, you know, when I, when I, they handed it to me in the 10 o'clock service and I said something about it to encourage people to go get their, his material. And I flipped it. At first I was like, is, is this actually one for sale? Cause it looked like notes in there, handwritten notes. Well, actually then sometimes uh, ministers will share something with you that is actually their notes and they just print it like that. And that's what had happened. I didn't realize it, never seen it before. But what did Pastor Parsley say? He said that that was his notes because he was attacked with throat cancer. Now, when you are attacked with throat cancer, you got to know that you know something, right? You got to know what you believe. So, what did he do? Now, he knew something about healing before. But he just got in the word for himself and started digging into the word and meditating on the word. And he said he still to this day, two hours in the morning, two hours at night, goes over those scriptures. Why? Because you want to keep looking at Jesus until all doubt is dissolved. Thank you, Jesus. To all doubt is erased out of your thinking, out of your mind. The devil will try to work on your mind. When, when something like that hits you and uh, attack on your physical life, the devil will tell you you're not going to make it. Or, you know, the devil no doubt was trying to tell him you're never going to. The doctor told him, but hey, you're never going to preach again. You know, when, you, when your life has been preaching, you've been preaching the gospel uh, year after year for almost 40 years, and, and, and now uh, you've got throat cancer. I mean, that's a big deal. But God, hallelujah, but God 
Hallelujah. Interrupted that situation. Said, devil, you can't stop God's anointing. You can't stop the word of God. The word of God will be preached and he will preach it. But you got to know. So he got in the word. And he made his notes, and he got, got those scriptures and over and over again. That's what I did when I was recently over the summer hit with Bell's palsy. You know, all kinds of you know, thoughts go through your head, but no, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. So I just got in the Word, dug in the Word, and just went over the Scriptures over and over again. You keep looking at the Word because the Word is your staying power. The Word is what produces faith to believe that you receive your divine health and healing in your body. And so we just kept looking at the Word. Hallelujah. And so what you see with your natural eye, that's not what you believe. It's what you see with your spiritual eye. That's what I believe. I believe the Word of God, and I'm sticking with it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, years ago, uh, my wife's brother, one of her brothers, they had been doing stuff they weren't supposed to be doing. There had been some... And uh, the, he lost his glasses, I think it was, in the lake, was it his glasses? Anyway, <laughs> lost his glasses in the lake, and his dad went out there and actually went down in the water and picked and said, where were y'all? Picked him right up out of the water. And uh, her, her brother was uh, kind of always doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. And so one time, he actually took the car, and he took a car, and he wrecked it. And he ran from there. He's a teenager. He's foolish, you know. He was a teenager. And uh, he took his other brother's car and he wrecked it. But he ran from the scene and acted like he didn't do anything. So, so when, when he got, he was kind of being in question, and he, he said, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. And finally, they were sweating him. And he said, finally, he said, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> He was lying through his teeth, you know. And, and so he said, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Listen, this is our story. I'm using this as a Bible example. You understand? The Word of God is our story. That's my story. I had another story, but I got a new story. God gave me a new story, and I'm sticking with God's story. That's the real truth. Hallelujah. So you can take the Word of God and you say, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. That's the Word of God, and I'm sticking with it. I'm going to stay with the Word because the Word has kept me. I'm going to stay with it, and it will heal you. It will keep you. It will preserve you, and healing is in His Word. Don't forget His benefits because He forgives all your iniquities, and He heals all your diseases. And when He said He forgives all your iniquities, He means all your iniquities. And when He said He heals all your diseases, He means all your diseases. So all your sins are washed away, and all your sicknesses are healed in Jesus' name. It is your portion as a believer in Jesus. We preached this morning in the first service. Healing is a what? Children's bread. You're a child of God. As a child of God, you have a covenant relationship with God. And part of that covenant relationship is that God has provided healing for you through the cross of Christ, through the redemptive work of Jesus. You have been redeemed from sickness. Amen? 
So both redemption from sin and healing for the physical body are included in the cross. Now go with me to Luke. Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, we're going to go to verse 17. Verse 17. Luke 5, verse 17. He said, And it came to pass on a certain day that as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy, and they besought him, or sought means uh, to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could, uh, could not find by what way uh, they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with the couch into the midst before Jesus. So here, these guys were so uh, confident God would heal him or Jesus would heal him, they crawled up on the roof. They took a, a man with palsy. He couldn't even walk. He couldn't take care of himself. He couldn't get around. But they carried him up on a roof. And they tore a hole in the roof. Now, you know, if, if that's your house... You're looking up while Jesus is talking. Who's on my roof? What's going on? But they tore, and then they get a, and they start ripping the tiles off, and you start, who is that? But they were so convinced that if they could get that man in front of Jesus, because the power of the Lord was present to heal, they were convinced if they can get him in front of Jesus. That healing would be uh, manifest in his body. Do you know you can set before the word just like you can get in front of Jesus? I said you can set before the word just like you can get in, just get in front of the presence of Jesus. Just get right there with him. You know, that's what uh, Pastor Parsley was talking about this morning when, he's, when he said he took those, took those scriptures and went over them. And he still does it to this day. Dodie Osteen. She was attacked with cancer, liver cancer, and they sent her home to die because they didn't know what else to do for her. She was, she's a very small stature woman to start with, very tiny lady, and, and she was like, had lost all this weight, and she, she, John Osteen just took her home. But she was in the Word. She got in the Word. She started confessing scriptures and she put pictures of herself when she was younger and her wedding pictures. And she put pictures around in her vision, in her sight, so she could see herself healed and whole and strong. And so she did that. And sure enough, God healed her and turned that thing around. She was totally healed. What did Pastor Parson? I'm just working his message. If you weren't here, you should have been here because I'm working with it. All right. So what did he say this morning? God doesn't want to just do a 360. 
No, he wants to do a 180, right? He wants to turn us around a different direction. He, and what God did in her life, he just totally turned things around for her. And she went another way, and sickness was there behind. Praise God. And Jesus is the healer. Yes, but do you know Dodie Osteen also says that she does that every day. She's, she's lived probably... 25 years longer, I'm not sure at this point, but at least 25 years longer since, since she was healed of cancer. And she does it every day. Every day she goes over those scriptures. I mean, I'll tell you, when you've been attacked that way, you know what got you out of it, and you, want, you know what will keep you out of it. Praise God. And so you, get, you can sit before Jesus. You can get in front of Jesus just by getting into the Word of God. And communion, part of communion is just to get in front of Jesus and say, I remember, Jesus, what you did for me. Everybody needs the kind of relationship with Jesus, a relationship with the Father God. What does it say in the book of Revelation? He said, you have left your first love. You, if, if you ever get tired of, Jesus, thank you for washing me in your blood, there's something wrong. I said, there's something wrong. You're just not in the close relationship and fellowship with Jesus if you don't say, Jesus, thank you for washing me in your blood. Thank you for setting me free. We are not beyond saying that. If you're beyond saying that, you're too far from me. It's like, you know, uh, years ago, Dad Hagen said, this preacher, he's he was, he was sharing this revelation that he had, and, and they were trying to help him and show him that it really wasn't the Bible. He said, well, you know, I, I'm far beyond that, beyond the Bible. He said, I'm far beyond that. He said, well, you're too far from me. I'm out of here. Come on. If you're beyond the Bible, you're too far from me. But the Word of God's got more revelation in it. If we'll just get into the Word of God and get into it and just feast on the Word of God and remember, remember, remember. You know, you can forget in a couple of weeks. I've seen people turn, turn away from God, man. It's just like, what in the world happened to them? You can't find them. They don't respond to any calls, any texts. What's up? What's up? Where you at? What's going on? We love you. We care, care for you. We're praying for you. What's going on? They got away from God. They got out of his presence, and they're not in the right fellowship with God. So they don't want to be around Christians. They don't want to be around people that are on fire for Jesus because they're convicted. But thank God for Jesus. I said, thank God for Jesus. You're not, you're not condemning them. You're trying to help them. But you understand, there's conviction in his presence. When you remember Jesus, it gives you an assurance that your sins are forgiven. When you remember Jesus and remember what he did for you on the cross, then what's going on? You're able to see Jesus has redeemed you from all sin, but you're able to see that Jesus has redeemed you from all sickness as well. Praise God. All right, let's go back to this. Verse 18. And behold, the men brought the man, uh, man on the bed. All right, what did he do? They brought him into the house. They let him down in front of Jesus. Verse 20. And when he saw their faith, 
He said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. I mean, of all things. Think about it. This man's laying on the bed. And, and you watch the response when he says this. He's laying on the bed that they just tore a hole in the roof to get him in, in front of Jesus. And he says, your sins are forgiven you. He didn't say anything about his healing. He said, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easy to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. And that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up your couch and go into thine house. It is so connected. Redemption connected this together. The fall connected sin and sickness. Sickness is a foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. And so the fall connected those two together. But redemption also connected them together. Now, in the redemptive side, sin has been forgiven, and also your sicknesses have been healed. So he said, which is easier? To say, your sins be forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk. In other words, one is not more necessary than the other as far as the power of Jesus could say your sins be forgiven you and the power of Jesus could say rise up and walk in the name of Jesus what did Peter say in the name of Jesus he said silver and gold have I none but such as I have in the name of Jesus give I thee he gave him a, a, a healing power that came from Jesus the anointing was on his life. And so when he said to him, rise up and walk, it said the man went walking and leaping. This guy had never walked. And he has now been laying at this gate over and over, begging for alms, asking for somebody to help him because he can't work. He can't do anything. He's, he's getting alms time and time again. So he, he's asking alms of them. And he said, silver and gold, I don't have any of that. But I do have such as I do have. I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. You rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God in the temple. And man, that is a happy day. It's amazing grace. So your sins can be forgiven you, and you can receive divine healing too. Don't forget his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities, and he does what? He heals what? All your diseases. Go with me to Numbers. Thank you, Jesus. Numbers 21. And we'll begin reading in verse 4. Numbers 21, verse 4. You know, the Bible says this, Paul said to Timothy, he said, give attendance to reading. You got to read the Bible. You read the scripture. So, and he said that you're to read this epistle in all the churches. 
would be good sometimes to just get up and read a, read a whole letter written to the church. You don't even have to comment. Just read it. Maybe I'll do that sometimes. I don't know that I ever have, but maybe I will. Years ago, I said, I'm just going to read you some healing scriptures. And I sat out in front of the church, and I went over healing scriptures, and all I did was read them. Just read them over and over and over, and just all the healing scriptures. We went through them, just read them. I didn't preach. I just read the scripture. All right, we're going here. Verse 4. Are you there? Verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. That means we are tired of this light bread. I mean, God rained man out of heaven, and they started crying and whining about it. I mean, he's raining bread out of heaven every day. Our soul loatheth this light bread. And it started speaking against God, who was raining man out of heaven. Think about it. Raining men out of heaven, they start speaking against God, and they spoke against Moses because he's the one that brought them out. They started complaining. No bread, no water in this wilderness. Our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. That's when you want to be on higher ground. All right, so all right, much people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and have uh, spoken against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Now, some preachers said, No, I'm not praying for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you're a leader, you got uh, to watch yourself about bitterness. And resentment. You get tired of people. Well, as a leader, you better watch yourself. Because you, you'll get hardened. But it was, <laughs> it's a good thing he prayed for them, right? Because they were all dying. And more of them were going to die if he hadn't prayed. So they said, pray for us, Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee, what did he say? Make thee a fiery serpent. Set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. When he does what? When he looks upon it, shall live. When he looks upon the serpent, the brass serpent on the pole, when he looks, he shall live. Bless you. You're welcome. The word looks, according to Amplified, a note in Amplified, it says, look attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. To look attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. And then it also has a note, it says, that obviously it was not a casual glance. Obviously, it was not a casual glance. Now, I think 
Pastor Parsley made a real good uh, point when he said uh, 60 seconds is not going to cut it. In other words, a quick tweet or a quick glance at a, a little sound bite, so to speak, or a little text or, uh, or a post, right? It's going to take more than that. Now, hopefully that will entice people and encourage people to hunger more for the Word of God. But I can tell you, a, a, a casual glance at the Word of God is not going to bring you the results that you want. But I'll tell you, there is something that will. A steady, attentive, steady, expectant, again, amplified uh, note says, look attentively, expectantly with a steady and absorbing gaze. We'll say it again, attentively, expectantly with a steady and absorbing gaze. Don't let these words depart from your eyes. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Don't let these words depart from your eyes. Keep them what? In the midst of your heart. So when you're looking at the word of God, what are you doing? You are looking with attentiveness. Attend to my words. It's Proverbs 4. Attend to my words. Don't let your eyes depart from them. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Incline your ear uh, to his saying. So when you look attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, and that's what I did. When, and when that Bell's palsy came against me, I just kept looking at the word day after day. My wife can tell you, I just go in my room, and I just sit there and look at the Scripture. I just look at Jesus with a steady and absorbing gaze. Hallelujah. I see some change every day from the natural, but I'm not just looking at that. I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at the Word. I'm looking. I'm doing the same thing that Pastor Parsley did. I'm doing the same thing uh, that uh, Dodie Osteen did. It it works the same for everybody. God's Word is no respect to persons. You just get before Jesus. You just get in the presence of God, and healing will just come into your being. It'll just come into you. It's like a steady and absorbing. You start absorbing this Word. It starts getting on the inside of you, and the life of God quickens your body, and life Life will run sickness right out of your body. Life will, uh, it'll overcome death anytime. Healing will overcome sickness anytime. And you'll absorb healing on the inside of you. And it will rid your body of sickness and disease. It'll drive it out of your body. Praise God. It said everyone that looks, when he looks, when he does this, with an attentive, expectant, steady, and absorbing gaze, everyone that looks will be healed. Verse 9, and Moses made the serpent of brass, put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. When he looked. Now, what is a serpent of brass? Well, if you study the New Testament, John, one of our favorite verses I trust in the Bible is, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But verse 14 says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man. In other words, they were looking at a type of Jesus on, a, on that pole. They were looking at a type of Jesus it was a serpent on a pole, which meant that he bore your sin, that he bore your curse, he bore your sickness, he bore your disease, he carried your pains, he took it all for you, he took it on that cross, he took it all, he didn't just take some of it, he took it all, and when he took it all, he did it all for you, he did it all for me, he did it for all of humanity, he did it so that you could be free from sin, that he could forgive all your iniquities, that he could heal all your diseases and everybody that looked with a steady and absorbing gaze. They were healed. There's healing in Jesus. I said there's healing in Jesus. When he was on this earth, everywhere he went, people followed him away, around. And a woman with an issue of blood, she said, if I can touch, if I can touch, if I can touch. She kept saying, the scriptures and other translation, it actually means she kept saying, if I can touch. So she's a weak woman without strength. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She's not even supposed to be out in public. She defies all tradition. She defies religious thinking she defies her weakness in her body I'm sure there were some people trying to discourage her you're going to go out there and you're going to fall dead in the street but she pressed through the crowd she kept saying if I can touch if I can get there if I can touch but the hem of his garment I shall be made whole because there was something in Jesus when he was on this earth he walked around with it in him on him he had an anointing on him that was dripping with life and healing and the power of Jesus was would heal her body and she touched his garment but she believed that when she did she would be made whole and it says she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and Jesus knew immediately that virtue had gone out of him he knew that something went out of him so he stopped and he said who touched me who touched my clothes There was something in him on this earth. There's something surely in him in heaven. Hallelujah. And you can get before Jesus. You can get in the word of God. You can get in the presence of God until what's in him gets in you and it drives sickness out of you. Until what's in him makes you have no desire for sin. I said makes you have no want for sin. No desire. It'll drive all that want to for this world out of you. It'll just dissolve it out of you. You don't want this world. You have no desire for this world. You have no desire for sin. You have no desire. You have no desire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No desire, no desire, not tempted, not even tempted, much less desire. Thank God for Jesus. 
The blood of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus and the word of God will just drain all of that mess right out of you because you want Jesus more than you want anything. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what else. It'll just drive sickness out of your body. So we're going to just remember Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to remember. We're not going to forget what he's done for us who forgives all our iniquities and heals what all, 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 all. All, all our diseases. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Somebody ought to praise God in the room. I mean, you know, God is good. And, and, and there's just something good about his redemption and the plan of God for your forgiveness of all sin and healing of every sickness and every disease. My Jesus. Glory to God. Woo! I mean, you just want to be happy. I mean, you're just as happy as can be. You're thrilled every day of your life. You're happy to live for God, happy to serve Jesus, happy to do the will of God, happy. I mean, thrilled about God, thrilled about redemption, thrilled about Jesus, thrilled, I mean, to the bone. like a fire shut up in your bones. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It shouldn't take much for us to get praise in our mouth. Hallelujah. I say it shouldn't take much. It shouldn't take much to get praise in our mouth because there's already a fire in our bones. Hallelujah. Fire. Come on. Hallelujah, I like that word because it's real. The fire of God burn in your being, burn in your belly, fire set on your head. It'll make you want to move. It'll make you want to shout. It'll make you want to dance. It'll make you want to tell somebody. It'll make you want to tell somebody that Jesus is alive and well. He's risen from the dead and he is Lord. And you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is the word of the living God, and it is a power. Wow, we heard the testimony this morning. Pastor Parsley shared my brother's testimony from Kenya here. He was preaching Jesus while the terrorists, terrorists were killing people. He was right there preaching Jesus and didn't quit preaching. And thousands of people got saved because he believed the gospel. And we're going to let a a bunch of political correctness tell us we can't preach Jesus. You got terrorists killing people, and he's preaching Jesus. It's subtle, and it's a big old fat lie. You got to preach Jesus no matter what they say. When they say they're going to throw you in jail, we're preaching Jesus anyway. When they say you don't preach Jesus and beat them, the children of God, the apostles, they beat them and said, you quit preaching, right? 
The angel of the Lord stood by them and said, you go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. In other words, don't let anything be lost. Don't give up anything of the gospel. You go stand in the temple and you speak to the people all the words of this life. He told them to go the very place that they were told and commanded not to go. I'm telling you, the angel said, you go do what I said. This is a word from God. This is a word from heaven. We're going to say what God said. We're going to do what Jesus said do. We're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus paid too big of a price. Come on. I said, Jesus paid too big of a price, too much. He gave it all. He gave his life for us to be silent. Whew. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody shout in this place and tell Jesus you're thankful. Hallelujah. Whew. I dare you to get up on your feet. I dare you to shout like you believe Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. This is real. This is not a fairy tale. This is not just some book that some man wrote. This is God's Word that is inspired and God breathed. It is breathed by God Himself. God of heaven has spoken into the earth and He breathed a word that is eternal. It is absolutely unchangeable. It cannot be altered. No man can talk it down. No man can burn it up. No man can dissolve it. No man can stop it. It is God in this earth and hell can't stop it. Never can. Never will. No terrors can stop it. Can't shut your mouth. Somebody on the job can't shut your mouth. Losing a job can't shut your mouth. In other words, I ain't going nowhere. I am staying right here and I'm going to declare all the words of this life. Woo! Unashamed. 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 Hallelujah to Jesus. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God. It is not a time to wimp out. I said, it is not a time to wimp out. It is not a time to quit. It is not a time to cower. God's not giving you the spirit of fear. That word there is timidity. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, he is with you. No doubt he was with my brother. Hallelujah. He was with him then and he's with him now. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you that you may boldly say. The Lord is my what helper, and I will not fear. Listen now, what men shall do unto me. The spirit of intimidation, get off you. The spirit of fear, get off you. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of faith, confidence, and boldness, get on you. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God.
Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Grandma Freeman. She's up there with my mama. She didn't know her down here, but she probably know her up there. Hallelujah. We're one big happy family in heaven. Praise God. They're up there rejoicing tonight. They're singing tonight. They love the anointing. I said they love the anointing. You got to love Jesus to go to heaven because he is the word. You got to love the word if you're going to go to heaven because the word of God is going to be there. He is the word itself. You would not be comfortable in heaven if you don't love the Word of God. You would not be comfortable in heaven if you don't like the presence of God because it is going to fill the place. He will be the light of the city. Jesus is Lord. How many happy in the house tonight? Glory. Hallelujah. Communion is somber, it's sober, but it's really also a celebration. Because we are remembering something that really happened. Something that really did redeem us. Something that really did take care of our sins. Something that really did take care of our sickness.